You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. My life, probably about 40 years ago, I began to outline a little bit more than that what I believe God wanted me to do, and then I wanted to walk in that path. Now, there are things that have been added, but I, I and I have not said this for years, but I look at my purpose for living. It's in my prayer journal, page one. They're all letters C. It's Christ. Sometimes I sing Christ for me. Yes, it's Christ for me. He's my Savior, my Lord and King. I'm so happy I'm going to shout and sing. Christ, who is my life. Colossians chapter 4. The Bible says in Philippians 1.21, I can do all things through Christ. My life, priority number one, must be Christ. He must increase. I must decrease that in all things he might have the preeminence. We chose that 46 years ago, maybe 47 almost now, as our church verse. I know it's Christ. The second letter C is my companion, and her name happens to be Cindy. And my wife Cindy is my life. Soon to be in a few months, 50 years we've been married. It's Christ. It's my companion. I wish I could tell you I've been a perfect husband, but I can tell you I've tried. And I've tried to never let the sun go down where I'm not right with her. I try to live for her. I fail at it. But it's Christ, my companion. And then 40-some years ago, God began to give us children. And it's our children. And our children now have mates. And our children and their mates have 14 grandkids. So now it was just Jack and then it became Jack and Cindy, and now there's 22 in our family. And I thank God for all of them. My, my prayer every day, they're all saved but the last two little girls. One's five and one's two. They go to age 20 and below. Our kids are saved. They're all in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We love our kids, our grandkids. And uh, thank God for them. But they're my life. I pray for them every day fervently. And throughout the day, God brings them to my attention right now. And I know we're scattered from Florida uh, to Arizona to California and oh, a few months here to Wisconsin and, and here in Cal everywhere. But they're our family. And so it's Christ. This is my purpose. It's my companion. This is my purpose. It's my children. It's the church. I eat, I drink, I sleep this church. Last Sunday was my birthday. I have never in my life, and you're always so good, I've just been so overwhelmed at how generous, how kind, how thoughtful, how caring. No church could ever be better than you have been to me. You're guilty of being the very best. Christ, my companion, my children, my church. That church encompasses you boys, the, co the high school, then it's the college. If you would cut me here, you'd see it bleeds Golden State Baptist College. I believe you're the future. I believe God's raising up men and women to serve him. And I believe because the lives have been drawn so very 
distinctly now that we're going to have an army of soldiers here this year. But it doesn't stop there. Then it's this city. One day if the Lord tarries, I'll be laid to rest in this city. I, I love this city. It's not like it used to be. It's wicked. It's liberal. It's no longer conservative. Uh, it's no longer called the mayor and the mayor jumps when I call. It's rejection. But I love our city. I love our officials. And I pray for them. I have their names listed. And then it's the county. And the county's changed a lot over the last 47, 48 years. But it's the county. And I pray for the county and the leaders here. And then it's California. I guess I could live in Kentucky and still have what the letter C. But um, so it's Christ, my companion, my children, the church, the college, the city, the county, California. Then it's this country. I love our country. I'm very burdened about what's happening. And what's happening is all sin. It's unrighteousness. It's ungodliness. But our country. And then, Brother Bowman, it's my co-laborers, preachers and missionaries around the world. Every day, I think of those tenfold purpose. And I want to put effort in as much as possible in every, and deposits every day in each one of those. When I was a father with kids in the home, Brother Tim was over here, and I'd play basketball every day after school, after church, after I came home from work, basketball and baseball and football and, and kick the, and soccer, and, uh, and we'd watch sports together from time to time. And we said, but I haven't watched sports in years. Why? That's, that's not part of my priority. When Tim was my, our son, who's a preacher, when, when he was here, that was my problem. We'd go to the A's game, the Giants game. I'd throw the ball out at the, both stadiums there uh, to open the game. It's, it's all wonderful, but I have no desire to do that. We live right under the shadow of the 49ers. You give me tickets to the 49er game, I'm not going. I have no desire to go. Uh, but that, now, I'm not saying you're wrong. That's not part of my fiber. I don't have enough days left to go sit in a, an arena like that and watch a bunch of thugs. But nonetheless, I want my life to so count. I want to be in the will of God. God has a purpose for my life. And by the grace of God, those 10 areas are my purpose. And so some things that used to be so important to me are not important anymore because life changes. Tonight, I want you to listen very carefully because whether you're the eldest here or the youngest, everyone here must know that you have found your purpose for existence. And if you haven't, you need to be in the way so that God can show you. When I came here, I did not have all this purpose. We didn't have children. When we got married, it was just, it was Christ and, and, and my companion. I wasn't a pastor. I was an assistant pastor. A lot of things have grown since that day. And young people, if you're here as a college freshman, I doubt seriously if you truly, really know God's purpose for your life. If you would have told me I'd been a pastor, when I went to Bible college, I'd say it's not possible. I lived over here in Centerville, Fremont now, and I worked at the grocery store in 1966 and 67 and 68 and into the first part of 69. 
My manager, Chuck Walls, a large store, he said, Jack, I'm going to send you over to another store. They're shorthanded over there, and I want you to go work. I'd get in my car, and I'd drive from Centerville and Irvington District to a place called Santa Clara, California. I'd drive to the El Camino, and I'd work for Chuck Wall on the El Camino at Fry's Grocery Store. And I'd go there several times. Little did I know I'd ever pastor in this town. Little did I ever know there'd be the North Valley Baptist Church. Things have added through the year. And so some of you are here in college and you're going to discover God's will. Some of you will graduate and he'll continue to reveal more of his will. But God has a will for your life. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Shall we read it together? Remain seated. Ready? Begin. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God... the perfect, the, the will of God. God has a will. All that simply means God has a desire for your life. Amen. God has a desire for Brother and Mrs. Jacob. They've raised their kids. They've about raised their grandkids. God has a desire for your life. We reached them in May of 1978. Five rows back, we reached the Manleys the same day. You've raised your kids, you got grandkids, went to school this morning. That was a blessing. Can't wait to hear how that turned out. But uh, nonetheless, I'm sure it was great. But, uh, but, but, but you know, here's the thing. God has a will for Brother Jacob and his wife. God has a will for Brother Manley and his wife. God has a will for Brother Shelton right now. God has a will for the, uh, the, the, the Bridgmans right there right now. God has a will for my life. And it may grow. It may diminish. There may be some things that, that, that it won't be in my path any longer. And I don't have any idea what that would be. And it's certainly not giving up the church because I'm, I'm here to torment you as long as I can. But the, the will, God has a will for your life. I know I'm in the will of God. I hope that doesn't sound arrogant. I know I'm in his will. I know I'm standing behind the pulpit I'm supposed to stand. I know I'm sleeping in the office. Where, I mean, I'm working in the office where I'm supposed to work. I, I know I, I'm supposed to go to elementary chapel. I know I'm supposed to go to high school chapel, college chapel. I know I'm supposed to be on the radio. I, I want to live in the will of God. The will of God is God's desire for your life. It is, secondly, God's purpose for your life. What is that? What are you fulfilling the purpose why God created you? What is your purpose? People that don't live for a purpose live discouraged. Have a sweet man he used to come to church. He's been calling me, just got out of jail or prison. And, and he said, I'm just so very depressed. I tell you what, because he hasn't found his purpose. You're going to have to find your purpose. Why are you here? Well, I'm so sick. Well, you're watching tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm shut in. I can't get you to church. Well, God still has a will for your life or you're shut in. Maybe the next five years you'll be shut in, but you may develop the greatest prayer life that anybody's ever had in, this, in the state of California. By the grace of God, one day I wind up in a rest home. I hope I'm still serving in the will of God what I'm supposed to be doing. I hope I'm still singing. I hope I'm still, and when I cannot read, I hope I'm praising God and all excited about the things of God. Living in the will of God. We, number one, find the will of God. We fulfill the will of God, and we finish the will of God. 
And young people that are here in high school and in college and church members, have you found the will of God? Have you found it? What are you supposed to do? How are you fulfilling the will, will, will of God in your life? Are you doing it? And then finish the task that God gave you to do. Many Christians will live and die and never be in the will of God. What a tragedy. You'll come to Sunday school, you'll come to Sunday morning, you'll come to Sunday night, you'll be a Christian, you'll tithe, you'll be a good person, but you're not in the will of God. Because God did not save any of us to sit. God saved us to serve. Now we are his workmanship, created unto Christ Jesus unto good works. What are we doing? If you're not doing something for God, you're out of the will of God. I don't want to live one moment out of the will of God. I may receive a phone call from a family member tonight and say, your grandson, your granddaughter, they need your prayers. They're in the hospital, God forbid, and they're, they're clinging to life. Would you pray? Would you beg God tonight? I want to be on the right ground with man, and I want to be on the right ground with God that I can go to the throne of grace with power and with claiming that God, I need you to help us, please, in the time of need. Everyone in the Bible I read, except for those that got away from God, like Korah, like Demas, who hath forsaken. He was on the last tour preaching with Paul, but now this time he's gone, having loved this present world. Abraham found the will of God for his life. He was to leave his family, go over 700 miles, and he left the Ur of Chaldees, and God said, I'll show you when you get there what you're supposed to do. What did he do? God's will for Abraham was to start establish a nation. God's will for Moses was not to be son, the son of Pharaoh. God's will for Pharaoh and for, for Moses was to go into Pharaoh and say, let my people go. It was God's will for him to give us the law. It was God's will to give this Pentateuch, the first five books in the Old Testament. That's God's will for Moses. It was, it was God's will for Joshua to walk around the walls of Jericho. And God's will for him after Moses died to conquer the land that Moses could only see from Mount Pisgah. He never entered in, but he had an assistant that got to go in. That was God's will for his life. God's will for Gideon in Judges was to use 300 soldiers and win a great victory over the Midianites. God had a will for Deborah to be a judge. God had a will for Esther to be a queen. God had a will for Ruth to be part of the lineage that eventually Jesus Christ would come through that lineage. God had a, God had a will for David, a purpose for David. That purpose was to start by fighting, was to, first to, to be a shepherd and then fight a giant and then become the king. Don't get so wrapped up and be the the flaming evangelist, why don't you start by being a shepherd boy? God had a will for Priscilla and Aquila. He said, I want you to take the man of God, the apostle Paul, and put him under your wing and teach him the things of Christ. God had a will for the disciples, leave those nets and come and follow me. God had a will for Levi, a disciple, leave the taxation and leave your job and leave your security and follow me. God, God has a will for you, freshman. God has a will for you, senior. God has a will for you, senior saint. 
God has a will for the young and for the old. Listen, tonight, Jesus had a will for his life. I come to do my Father's will. I came not to do my own will. I seek always to please my Father, he said. Are you doing the will of God? Are you in the will of God? The Bible College is humorous because this semester, many this year, many will come preach on the will of God. Seven things, find the will of God. Three things, to find the will of God. One thing, find the will of God. Fourteen things, find, and it's like, Brother Whitlow, like a termite and a yo-yo. You'll be so confused, but it's not difficult to know the will of God. Tonight, these few moments, to the eldest one here, you must be living in the will of God. You must know the will of God. And to the youngest, to the retired, you need a purpose. To the shut-in, you need a purpose. To the healthy, you need a purpose. To the unhealthy, you need a purpose. To the young, you need a purpose. To the mother, you need a purpose. To the father, you need a purpose. The child needs a purpose. The church member needs a purpose. All of us need a pur purpose. William Pentengale, a great writer, he died September 15, 1950, so he's been gone a long time. He said this, most people, speaking of Christians, they don't want to know the will of God in order to do it. They want to know the will of God in order to consider it. I would plead with us as God's people tonight, don't just consider the will of God. Find it. Find it. There ought to be a passion in your heart. There ought to be desire in your heart. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. We do so many careless things because if we're not careful, we're careless Christians. I know the will of God for me on Sunday is go to church. Amen. We'll have in the next four months people go to the mountains, go to the snow, go hiking, go to the beach. Go to Disneyland, go to Disneyland, go to Disneyland. I don't know what's the attraction of standing in line. Go to amusement parks, go to the malls, go to the stadium. We're only a mile away from the stadium. I dare say I'll preach on Sunday morning. We'll give the invitation. And if folks are coming this way, I'll guarantee it. There'll be some walking out and walking to the car to get in the car to go to the stadium. You're out of the will of God. God has a will. I'm obsessed with it in my life. I think about it. I breathe it. I dream about it. I get up through the night thinking about the will of God. I want the will of God. These 10 things in my life, I want to fulfill the will of God in my life. I met with a dear preacher uh, yesterday in a distant city, drove there, Brother Martinez drove me, and we met, and, I, and, I, and he's maybe even listening right now, and he's suffering, he's older than I, quite a bit older, and, and he's suffering uh, with, uh, with his mind, and it's time after all these years to get a pastor for that church. My heart is so heavy for him, one of my dearest, dearest friends. But you know, God still has a will for him. And I know rarely can the pastor stay, but that man's going to be able to stay in that church and another young man's going to come and take that church and he is going to be the number one cheerleader for that. Now, I know the man. I know how he'll respond. He won't fight it. He won't attack it. 
He'll support that man. That's the will of God for his life. It's, he doesn't want to give the church, but right now that's the will of God for his life. It's time for someone to take the reins. He's been there all these decades and decades and decades. Listen, God has a will for your life. Parents, God has a will for your children. So many Christian parents, missionary Frazier, so many Christian parents, I imagine it's the same in the Philippines, they're all absorbed with their kids making money. I don't think about the ministry. Don't think about an independent, fundamental, temperamental Baptist Bible college. You might get called to preach. You'll be poor the rest of your life. Who's going to support me when I'm, when I'm in my old age, kids? That's not why you had children. The Bible says you're to take care of them. Not them take care of you. Now, I know T Timothy deals with the church ought to be relieved. Wait a minute. We live in a play, a party society. But you're going to have to, and I'm going to have to live with purpose. The Bible says, 1 John 2, 17, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but whosoever doeth the will of God abideth forever. Let's quickly, and I'll not be long now, how do you discover the will of God? How do you discover it? Tonight I want to sort of close the service down by saying, how do you discover it? Here's how you discover the will of God. I want you to say this one word with me. Here's how you discover it. Are you ready? It's three letters. It begins with a Y and ends with an S. And there's a vowel in the middle. It's Y-E-S. Could you say what that word spells? Y-E-S. What does that say? Yes. Let's say it like Baptist. What does that say? Yes. What does that say? Yes. yes. You know, we want to find the will of God. The answer should always be yes. Amen. When God gives opportunities, you say, well, <laughs> They want me to teach second grade boys, but I want to preach the Word of God. I want to be a pastor of a church. Well, why don't you, if they've offered you second grade boys, why don't you say yes first there? When God gives in your local assembly opportunities and in your home to serve Him, always say yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, look for opportunities. Amen. I was 13, just about 15 miles away from here, 15 minutes away from here, and, and Bob Crandall came and said, Jack, I need you to do the gardening at the church. You and John are going to do that on Saturday. I've talked to pastor, I've talked to your parents, we need you to do the gardening. I just said, well, let me pray about it. Because people that say that never do anyway. <laughs> Bob Crandall said, Jack, we want you to, and he goes, here's what it is. I'll work with you next week. And, and he took us out there and we had a mowing strip and we had a, an edger. We didn't have an electric or power one or anything. And you had to go back and forth, you know, those old edgers like this. And he said, here's how you do it. You bring it back, you go forward, you go back. And, and then Jack, here's a, here's a lawnmower. It's not power. It's got a basket on the end. You cut it this way and then you cut it this way and you make sure your lines are straight. You get a straight line by not looking down. You put your eye on something over there and you just keep going toward that. That's how you do it, Jack. That's how you do it. I want to see straight lines next week. And he taught us how to do that. And then he said, here are the junipers. They used to plant those all the time. 
hideous things. But nonetheless, they t- and he said, now you have to make every week, you, you, you make a, uh, um, uh, take a, uh, uh, some type of a tool and you work around it, you dig it up and you make a nice water pit and then you fill water in every one of those things. And then you pull the weeds, Jack. That's how you, and by the way, this is now, you start in the morning. I know you were washing cars at the Flying A gas station early in the morning, but about 10, 30, or 11, you come over here, and about 4 o'clock when you're done, or 4.30 when you're done, I want all the sidewalks hosed off. And when you're done that, you put everything away in its place, and you've had a good day. You know what I did from age 13 to when I went to Bible college at 17, next day turned 18 when I got there? You know what I did? Every Saturday, I worked at the church because he asked me to do something, and the answer is yes. Your mother says, son, when you take the garbage out, there's no question. There's the, ah, mom, why me? It's yes. Dad says, go help your mother with the groceries. The answer is, it's always yes. Would you be willing to be an usher? The answer is, would you be willing to be a teacher? Well, let me pray about it. No, you better ask. Someone's been watching, watching the way you speak, watch the way you teach, watch how you handle the Word of God. Maybe it's time to take a class. Get quiet in here now. High school, we never had a youth pastor, but our pastor's wife trained us how to have neighborhood Bible clubs. And after school on Friday, we put a little man out there, the neighborhood Bible club man, and put a balloon in his hand. And we, I, I went to the house over here with about four or five teenagers, and she taught us how to lead singing. She taught us how to sing and how to have prizes and have, have quiz and someone how to tell a story. And every, every Friday after school, we went and had a neighborhood Bible club. I don't think I was very excited about it, but my answer was yes. It ought to always be yes. Thank God for the privilege to serve Him. I went to college. I brought, I, looked at, well, I looked at this one time in the last 50 some years. I looked at it during COVID. When I went to college, I had a little manual typewriter. And after every preacher that preached, I went back to my room before the next class and typed the message up what he just preached with my notes. I never knew this was in here until COVID. I looked right here. When I was a freshman in college, they said, Jack, we want you to go to Platteville, Wisconsin, Regina. Your mother and dad were in that city. They later became members of that church. They said in Platteville, Wisconsin, where the Chicago Bears had their preseason, th- there's a college there. We want you to go in the dormitories. And I went in the dormitories. I, I don't know why those girls were yelling when I was in their dormitory, but they did. <laughs> but I went to the men's dormitory. And went door to door and just tried to get people to come to church. They said there's a building there, and it's a church building, but nobody goes. It's empty. And we're going to send you, Jack, with this man who's a, a, a married man and his wife. She'll play the piano, and he'll be the preacher, and you'll teach Sunday school, and, and you'll lead the music. Well, that Sunday, man, I'll tell you what, my knees were knocking. I mean, I was just scared to death. And they said, you're the music director. I mean, I, I mean... This, I'm a freshman in college. I don't know anything about leading music. And oh, I knocked on doors. I stayed in the attic of a little widow lady in her house. And on a Sunday, I went to church. And, and, and at that church, uh, the pastor was up there. I was up there. His wife, there's three of us in attendance. And four people showed up. 
I, here's my cue card for that day. So, right, right here. September the 20th, 1969. First time at the Calvary Baptist Church in Platteville, Wisconsin. AM service. Can you imagine leading these songs? Well, let's all stand together. Lift it up. Give it all you have. When we all get to heaven. When we all get way up there. Oh, my goodness. Listen to all these songs we had on Sunday morning. When we all get to heaven, prayer. Jesus is the joy of living. Sunlight in my soul. He played it for an offertory. He keeps me singing. Lead me to Calvary just as I am. Special music. It had to be me because it had to be me and I'm not a singer. Oh, but Sunday night we had lesson tennis. So let's start the service tonight. Let's start it with 449. Wonderful grace of Jesus. What a great song, but with, you know, four people there. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus. Sing it, altos. Sing it, sopranos. They weren't there. Pray. Oh, it's terrible. You know what happened? Brother Scoville called me into his office and said, Jack, you're going to Platteville, Wisconsin. I didn't pray about it. I said, yes, I'll go. You're going to lead the music. Never done it. I don't know anything about music. After the semester, they came and said, Jack, there's a church in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. They have more people. This church now is going over there in Platteville. And we want to send you this. They have a choir. You're going to lead the choir. I've never led a choir in my life. I got there. My first service was Sunday night. They said, Jack, can you lead this song? I said, well, what is it? I'll lead it. This is the Sunday night. Out of the ivory palaces. You talk about going to a funeral. Into a world of, I love the song, but you imagine this young kid leading this song out of the ivory palaces. You know why, Brother Whitlow? I was there because I said yes. And Dr. Anderson was a pastor and those people were there. And I, man, I tell you what, I got happy doing that. Then I got this, oh, right here. I saved it right here. Oh, listen to this. It was, this is dated February 19th, 1971. The pastor of this church in Illinois, his wife had just died, 45, eight kids. Four, 45 years of age, eight kids. He had written me and asked me to come and candidate to be the music director. But really, he was come asking me to be the janitor. Thank you for your letter, Jack, of Wednesday, telling us you could come on Sunday, March 14th, 1971, both for the morning and the evening service. We'd like you to lead this congregational singing. If you sing solos, if I sing solos, <laughs> my goodness, if I sing solos, could you have a number or two ready? We'll not hold you to this. I didn't sing very much in that church. You know that man? I said yes to him. Just days before this, I was, a, uh, I was going to my ju uh, junior year, uh, uh, sophomore year, I, I quit college. Somebody quit through the night and they went home. Somebody else got up in the morning, one of my roommates, and he quit. And I said, I'm not staying here either. I'm out of here. I went to my first hour class, it was Music Theory 3. 
I went back to my dorm about 8.20, and as I did every day, I opened up my Bible, and I was in Jeremiah. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend to the horses? And I wanted to quit and go to Vietnam and be a Marine. I did not want to stay in college. I was ticked off at college. I didn't want college. I didn't want these things. But guess what? On that morning, I wrote, my, if I can't make it in Bible college, I'm not going to make it in Vietnam. And I said, God, I'm so sorry. I looked over the snow fields that morning. And I said, I'm so sorry. I don't want to really stay, but I'm going to stay in college. I got this letter just days later. And they said, would you come? And I said, one thing, yes. Guess what I found there? I found my wife. I found my brother-in-law. I found those eight kids. That my sister-in-law is a member of this church. I found those eight kids that became my in-laws. Her father-in-law taught me so much through his preaching and teaching of the Word of God, and I worked for him. He said, Jack, what I want you to do, you're leading music. I want you to be the janitor. Yes. I want you to take second-grade boys. Yes. I want you to take the bus ministry as he kept coming. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's how you find the will of God. You don't find the will of God. No, no, no. Can't do it. I wonder how many missionaries could not there you go. I want to have missionaries. Could not, I can't go to the field, but they went and they feel that, found out God could use them. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. I'll say yes. God gives you opportunity. I talked to someone recently. I said, I want you to pray about something. I said, maybe, maybe this is some area you could serve. No. All right. Don't ever say no. I'm talking about the fact if you want to know the will of God, just say yes. Secondly, always find the immediate. So many people, Brother Bertram, are looking so long term that you're missing. The, you're, you're looking for the church of 3,000 seats. Why don't you look for the Sunday school class of three students? You want to find the future will of God, you live in the immediate present will of God. God gives you a bus route. God gives you an usher station. God gives you a place in the choir. <laughs> Pardon me. Don't be hit and miss. Don't be hit and miss. We're living too much for the grand, for the big. There's a boy. He needed a wife. His name was Isaac. And his dad sent a, a, a servant and he went to represent the master. And, and, and he said, he said, I think I found one. I, chapter 24, Genesis, I being in the way the Lord led me. I'm being in Sunday school, second grade boys. God led me to a church with 3,000 seats. I'm being the way, mopping those floors. The Lord led me. God will always lead you from the immediate to the future. If you do the immediate. There's a song that's written in our song book. I wish we had time to sing it. Page 184. Jesus led me all the way. Led me step by step each day. I will tell the saints and angels as I lay my burdens down. Jesus led me all the way. I wonder where God's going to lead you, teenage boys. I wonder one day you teenagers throughout the, a whole bunch of teenage boys down, 
and all over. I, I wonder one day if the chairman of the deacons will stand and say, well, we're going to vote on the new pastor tonight. Our pastor's passed away. And we're recommending to the, as a deacon's brother and one of you boys. See, I remember shortly after our church was formed right over here. And we went there in 55 and in 56. We started a barn. And I remember my pastor preaching in 56 and I got saved. And I went off to Bible college in 69. And I began to pastor over here. My pastor over there still was there. He became relative to me because his only son married my twin sister. Dr. Dave Smith pastored all these many years. One day my pastor over there called me. He remembered me as a kid. He remembered me as a child. He remembered me as an elementary kid. He remembered me as a high schooler. He remembered me going to college. He said, Jack, I'm too old to pastor. I've got a school. I've got a church. I need you to pastor this church. I said, well, pastor, I, I have a church. He goes, you can do both. You preach over here early Sunday morning. When you leave, they'll have Sunday school. You preach over there, Santa Clara, Sunday night. You come back over here early, you preach, and then you go to Santa Clara and preach. And Tuesday night, we'll have midweek service here. And Wednesday night, you'll have midweek service there. You'll run the school here. It's very small at that time. You'll have the school there. Who would ever think my pastor... After all those years, the next one he wanted to pastor his church was me. After a season, I realized it was just too heavy. Felt like I was neglecting here. Those two girls that sang here, the Davis girls, sisters, right there. I called their dad, my roommate. He, he's home with the Lord. Their dad passed away, probably the greatest preacher evangelist. I, he was something. He's laid to rest out here in Santa Clara at 51. He passed away. I said, Wally, I said, you've got to come take this church. And he took it and how God used them. I wonder if one of you boys are going to pastor this church. I wonder if one of you boys or girls is going to be the next principal. We've got ways to go for all these people. These two I'm not too sure about. <laughs> Wait a minute. Would you just do the immediate? You, 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 it's just fine. What God, uh, whatever God places in your hand, just do it. Amen. I'd be in the way he let me. The first answer is just say yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. I called my dad. I said, Dad, they got this new thing here in Wisconsin. I never saw it before. It's called Kentucky Fried Chicken. My, my roommate works there, and he comes in about 11.30 at night. He doesn't shower. Our room stinks like oil. I said, I'm just, I don't, I don't like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and ask him for, get a different room and different roommate. He goes, no, no, God put you in that room. You just stay there. You know, I said to my dad, yes, I'll, I'll do that, Dad. That man became a, a preacher. 
married someone out of your dad's church. I, I want to say thirdly, oh my goodness, we're already out of service normally. I bet the workers are loving this. I'd say number three, in time, God's going to show you his purpose as you're doing what you're supposed to do. As you're going to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, men's prayer. People say, I'm called of God to preach. Good. Are you coming to men's, men's prayer meeting? I'm called of God to preach. Good. Are you going to soul winning? I'm called of God to preach. Good. Are you trying to sit up front and say amen and praise the Lord again? Are we in this thing? Number three, in his time. His will will be always stumbled along upon by the pathway of duty. Just do His will. What He's asking, go to church, go to Sunday school, go to Sunday morning, go to Sunday night, go to tithing, go to prayer meeting, go to bus meeting. Just, just, just do what you're supposed to. He'll show you His will. I have so much more to say that. Number four, wait. I'm not good at waiting, but the older I get, I don't want to rush God on anything. Just want to wait. Your dad, Pastor Swanson, would drive me crazy with that. He wanted to wait all the time. I did not want to wait. He wanted to wait on praying for buildings and properties. I'd take him to places and show him, you know, the story I've told you before. I, I, oh, I tell you, I, I, why wait? Go buy this. I was so impetuous. But I really learned from him, and I've learned by experience, just wait on God. And don't wait with a chip on your shoulder. You're mad. And then lastly, here's the formula I found in finding God's word, uh, God's will. The word of God, the house of God, the man of God, the peace of God, the opportunities from God, waiting on God, prayer to God, and contentment with God. And you're going to find God's will. You know, you younger people, I, I didn't know about all this here, what was going to happen. But I know, a lot of things I'm not, but I know I'm in the will of God. And I believe if I can stay in the will of God, this church will shower, be showered down with blessings because God will bless a man that's in the will of God. And I want this church to have the overflow by being in the will of God. We get old in America in our churches and we say, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm too old. I, I did the Sunday school thing. I sang in the choir, played the instruments. I think I'll let the young kids take, well, that's violation of Titus chapter 2. You finally have something to say and you're going to sit around. The will of God doesn't stop because you get 22 years old and now you're an old person. God has a will for your life. I'd fast over it. I'd beg God for it. Freshmen, don't be worried in high school or in college that you don't know what that will is yet. Just do what you're supposed to do. I graduate from Bible college without a degree in being a pastor. I had a bachelor's degree, but not in being a pastor. I knew God couldn't use me. I told God what he could not do. 
I never thought I'd be the pastor. And then as I tried to obey, God began to put that burden on my heart. I really didn't want it. I wanted to be a second man. I wanted to help lift a man's arms. I found great fulfillment in that with the two pastors I worked for. I liked being the Elisha, and I liked, enjoyed being the Joshua. I didn't have to be the Elijah or the Moses. And then God cr created a desire to pastor. I know that's why God allowed me to live, to be a pastor. Well, you're not a pastor. You say, well, then maybe you're the second grade boys teacher. Maybe that's God's will. Maybe you're the mother who knows how to pray. Maybe you're the shut-in that seeks God. Father, I thank you for this great, great crowd of people. And there's not a one of us that should live outside of your will. We're to, we're to live in your will, that good and perfect will of God. Some people see that as a progression. It's a good will. And you can, God, there's a good will. And there's an acceptable will. But there is the perfect will of God. May we not compromise and settle for the good or the acceptable when we can have the perfect will. God has a will for your life. Would you desire to find it? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.